Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs, if you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. We are uh, officially debating how to kill your Corolla. I mean, the Corolla edition. Or <laughs> how to get rid of the Corolla in your life. Is that Corolla bugging you? We have the anti-Corolla cream to rub Seriously. on your garage, and it'll get rid of your Corolla <laughs> magically. This is frightening. This is the the new everyday driver <laughs> anti Corolla cream available at your auto parts store. And for those of you listening who have a Corolla, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. We need to get rid of it because we've got well, two it's people here. Yeah, yeah. Listening who have Corollas. I have a long list of ideas for them, and uh, yeah, this this is going to be interesting. You were saying. But but you're right. They they both wrote in. I mean, that's the interesting thing here is they both wrote in, not even at the exact same time. They wrote in about six weeks or so apart, both saying for completely different situations. Their situations couldn't be more different. But the, the through line is, hey, I have a Corolla and I must get rid of this car. So we decided, all right, that's two to put together and off we go. It's fantastic. I'm glad they wrote because as soon as we finish the debate, we're going to be shipping off the anti-Corolla cream. And uh, you should get that in a couple days. And uh, Frightening. Just, Frightening. Just, just put it where it hurts. That's all you have to do with it. So for the oh, no. first one, this Make is it stop. <laughs> this is Alex in Columbus, Ohio. He's 30, single living in Columbus. He's only owned two cars, and guess both which kinds of Corollas. cars they've been? Yes, both yes. Corollas. So, Let's help um, him move on. We are going to help him move on from that, and also Sam in Dallas who is actually married, has a couple of kids, growing family, needs a four-door vehicle, is really hating the plasticky plasticness of the plastic interior in the plastic Corolla, and it's finally time to get rid of that car, too. <laughs> so we are thrilled to help you. Yes, check your mail. Check. Uh, it's going to be shipping out shortly, this, uh, <laughs> this anti-Corolla. Well, you know, we, you know what we also should talk about tonight? It, this, this is something that is actually right in our backyard. We talked about it for a few podcasts back when it was first announced that uh, Miller Motorsports Park was closing. Of course, since then, we've done our uh, mm, ST-Octane yeah. film where we drove the Fiesta ST and the Focus ST. Great program out there at Miller Motorsports Park. And every time we've had a chance to be out there, we've got a couple other things coming up. Shot out there. Every time we're out there, we're boggled by what a great facility it is. It has been closing because the Miller family, who actually started it, spent about $120 million getting it built, are cutting it loose after 10 years. And there was a lot of discussion about, is it going to sit there and grow weeds? Are they going to raise it? What's going to happen? Is somebody going to buy it? It has a buyer. You may have heard some of this, but hopefully we'll tell you things you haven't heard because it's in our backyard. We've been digging a bit. It has been saved. It has been bought by a company out of China called MeTime, M-I-T-I-M-E, MeTime. They are subsidiary of Geely. That's right. Geely, who owns Volvo, mm -hmm. has bought Miller Motorsports Park, and they are rebranding it as the Utah Motorsports Campus because, to me, this is the weirdest twist of the whole thing. They're going to keep it as a running facility. They're going to make it an even higher quality facility, and then they're going to use it as a training facility to teach people from China how to run a racetrack. This is pretty amazing news, and we're just thrilled to Isn't hear it this weird? because this is you know, our home track, even though it's about, what, 45-hour 
hour away from us, but this is our yeah, home 45 track. Minutes we're, or so. yeah, yeah. we're starting to get to know it, and uh, you know, it's it's also comforting to hear that the new owners are apparently going to kind of keep things running normally. They're going to spruce things up. Mm -hmm. They're going to spend some money on getting it up to uh, FIA spec. Uh, they're going to be no putting money into that's it. Incredible. But uh, yeah. that's only going to bring in events. And what's so great is I've always thought whoever owns the track, you know, the new owner, you've got a grandfather in you know, the community of car enthusiasts and drivers who have been using it already, who are yeah, used to going so. there. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that's just, you know, grandfather them in, you know, everything is running normally, whether it's the, the WOW events or the NASA races or even the Ford Racing School. I think that's still TBD. We're not sure what's going to happen mm -hmm. with Ford Racing School there. But, yeah, we, we want that to continue. And it sounds like, thankfully, they are going to. It's just going to be a bit of a slower transition, which is great news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've even heard rumors of it be going back to, to uh, Tooele County and it being a police training facility and everybody's going, no, no, it's too nice of a facility. This is such a nice That would be the biggest overkill police <sighs> facility on the planet. No kidding. You would, have, you, you would have to drive so slowly through Utah because whatever <laughs> cop gets behind you, he's going to know how to drive better exactly. than you. I mean, that would be the biggest cop overkill in history. But yeah, I mean, the thing I think, here's the thing I think is interesting as kind of a connect the dots, because there's a couple, I mean, it seems like a left turn that China is going to come in and go, we're going to buy a track in Utah. But there's a couple interesting threads here. Mm -hmm. I mean, first mm -hmm. off, they're, they're only paying like $20 million for this $100 million facility. Which That's amazes a bargain. me. But, I'm floored. But they're, they're buying in long term to use it as a training facility. Here's where this gets interesting. China is currently building five racetracks in the country of China, five world-class racetracks. They are being designed by a guy named Alan Wilson, who is a fairly well-known track designer. Yep. Interestingly yep. enough, he was the designer of Miller Motorsports Park track and the original general manager of the track. So there's your connection right there. I mean, he's off in China designing racetracks. The track he designed in, in Utah and is in love with and thinks is a great track comes up for sale. There's a real synergy there. And they're very much, I mean, they're, this is just, I don't want to go off into the weeds too far, but, you know, there's all this discussion going on right now about the state of China's economy and how it's affecting the world economy and what's right. going on with the stock market and on and on and on. And yet here we have China investing big time in our backyard in this racetrack. This is amazing. And, and I'll just read some of this, what we received here, just as far as a little bit bigger picture here. They're saying an increased scope and activities, including a focus of comprehensive motorsports education, so meaning driver training and development programs. Mm -hmm. They're even saying some mm -hmm. manufacturing of related race cars and trucks, some off-roading going on there. Yeah, some actual um, actual car prep stuff and car yeah. training stuff. It'll be really um, interesting. What else here? Development and construction, additional facilities on-premise, and pr something promoting tourism as well. I mean, it promotes the area. It's bringing in dollars into yeah. the area. Um, I, I think it's an amazing choice. I, I, I don't think anybody saw this coming, to be honest. And, no, no, you know, not now at I'm all. thinking, you know, well, is Geely going to be bringing, you know, some of their Geely models? Is this a, a way for them to get a foothold in the American market? Or is Volvo going to be doing some testing here? You know, whether that's, yeah. you know, hardcore yeah, yeah. winter testing or hardcore summer testing, whatever that is. Um, the Volvo race school. Wouldn't that be odd? How cool would that be, though? But yeah, wouldn't that be interesting? I, I think on a bigger scale, though, it's going to be opened up to more car companies as, as more of a neutral track, not just sort of, mm, not mm. that Ford owns it now, but Ford, you know, operates the race school. And now it's just going to be sort of, hey, come one, come all, you know, run well, your programs yeah. here. We're neutral. Larry Miller, 
Larry Miller that, that, that built the park, it was his dream track, he was a Ford guy true, through and through. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has one of the biggest, most expensive Ford uh, race car collections in the world. He was a Ford guy. Yeah. So oh, very yeah. much when under, under his name, it very much seems like a Ford-branded track. It wasn't officially, but it sure seemed like it. Seems right. like now it. that this, these folks come in, it becomes very much, I, I like your comment there, it becomes very much neutral territory. The other thing is, it behooves them as a company, this Me Time Corporation, behooves them to get as many different kind of events as possible in because they are using it as a training facility. So all the people that work there now are going to keep their jobs and, kind of, for lack of a better way to put it, be shadowed by somebody from China that is learning those jobs. So the more variety they can get in, the more cross-section of training they can get to run these racetracks in China. But then I ask the question, honestly, hmm. what are you going to do with five racetracks in China? Because there's not going to oh. be five Chinese Grand Prix. I mean, let's just say F1 decides to go to China. They're going to use one of them sure. if that even happens. Sure. So you got five, five, four other racetracks. What I... I I, look, it's not my concern. I just think it's fascinating. Five racetracks. Granted, China's a huge country with a billion people. I get it. But I'm sitting here going, what are they, where are they gonna, where, how are they going to cover five racetracks? But, hey, please come to Utah and learn about it. I think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. I mean, what it's saying here is, you know, designing and producing oval track race cars. So that might mean, you know, IndyCar style or, you know, the, the uh, Formula mm-hmm. One races are growing, especially in the Asian market. And, um, you know, they're, they're producing hill climb trucks. It's saying for export to China's growing motorsports market. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever their vision of the future is, it's, you know, certainly going to be – it's being developed by a car company. So yeah. that's yeah, pretty really amazing. Interesting. You know, whatever new series really they create for maybe it's just a China-only kind of series or, or you know, some new international series. They've got the foundation here. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's putting this area on the map, and they're saying it's promoting tourism and, you know, bringing additional capital investment into property development. All of that stuff to be, what, one billion over the next twenty-five years? That's not nothing. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's no, that's that, that, that's quite a bit. Yes, that's quite a bit. Um, You're absolutely right. You're so absolutely right. that's amazing. I mean, we're just we're just glad that right now everything sort of remains as normal. It's not you know mm-hmm. as of. Halloween, October 31st, it's sort of, all right, well, padlock yeah. the gates and we don't know what to do with yeah, it. Yeah, that was when Miller was giving up their giving up their lease was going to be essentially November 1. And mm-hmm. so, you know, some of our original conversations had been, well, have your fun now because come November right. 1, the track closes. So we're just glad that it's continuing. Yeah. But this is an interesting piece of news. It will be something to watch. And I'm going to say something I've said a couple times that, that you and I have said kind of in, in private conversations with people locally, and that is I really hope they rebrand the location of this track. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. and, and I say that, look, the, the people that, that grew up in Utah, which are called Utahns, by the way, which I'm going to go ahead and make fun of the fact that I'm a Utah now, but that sounds more like a Star Wars creature than it sounds like a person from a state. But That's anyway. Funny. The thing about the thing about uh, actual local Utahns is that they know the Miller name, the Larry H. Miller name, right. which people outside of Utah don't know, and they know where Tooele is. Now, by the way, Tooele, good luck finding that on a map if you're just hearing me say it, because it is not spelled anything close to how we're pronouncing it. It is spelled Tule. That's that's T O O L, folks. It's spelled Tule. So if you if you're looking for Tuwilla on a map, you aren't gonna find it. So so here's the thing: it has been it, it has been originally branded as the Larry H. Miller Track in Tuwilla. If you are outside 
of Utah, you have no idea. I've spoken Swahili just now. You have no idea where that is. It should be rebranded as Salt Lake yeah, because it is no farther. Be I know I, right, I know I'm ranting, but but honestly, this is no farther away from the Salt Lake City Airport than the Austin F1 track is from the Austin Airport. Well, that's a good point. And technically, you know that. technically, Coda, Coda is not technically in Austin. I forget the small Texas city that it's in, but it's technically not in Austin. But everybody thinks of it as Austin. Right, and obviously that's the airport no. you got to fly into. That's your access point, and hotels. But, but if you but blah. if you branded it as the small city it's located, and everybody be like, where now? Where? What? Track but of course is they this? said Austin. People have heard of Austin, yeah. so that's the thing. I hope they rebrand that as the Salt Lake City track. The track is located in Salt Lake City. It may as well be because you get off an airplane in twenty minutes, you're there, and it's a great facility. So we'll be curious to see this Utah uh, Motorsports Campus. Let's see what it becomes. But we should move on to uh, to car debates. Maybe. <laughs> You're right. Bit of a rant, but good one. I, I like it. I, I agree. So um, anyway, on to the anti-Corolla debate. And in other words, uh, you know, how can we help you get out of out of cars into something new and different? And uh, mm -hmm. that is first off with Alex C, as I said before. He's 30, single, and writing in. So he he's had these cars in his life and has started to, you know, start to have the chance to drive some other things. And it, mm -hmm. it sounds like he's open here. He, he's kind yeah, of, he's, um, gotten the, he's gotten the itch for a good car. Yeah. So here's what he's saying. His usual driving is going to work. So he's highway driving, commuting, but it does say he's, he's wandering around random roads on weekends. And it sounds like to me, he's trying to find some fun stuff. He's, he's mm -hmm. got the bug. Mm -hmm. He's got the itch. And not just road trips, not just commuting. He's trying to find some fun roads, which means he's looking for something fun as well and yeah. not having, and he's, you know. And he's doing it in a Corolla, and he's sitting here yeah. going, guys, I think I want rear-wheel drive stick shift and a car that I can learn from, yes. which is all, by the way, Alex, fantastic instincts on all of the above. But he's wanting a car that when he takes it, clearly it seems to me that when he, he's wanting a car when he takes it on these fun roads on the weekends, he can enjoy himself and he can be learning from it and he can be smiling about not just it's a cool road, but it's a cool car on a cool road, which, of course, we are all about. Oh, yeah. yeah but yeah. he's got various ways he wants to tackle this and he's asking us how to approach it. And three very different tactics here. I, uh, yeah. Hmm. Let's see. The first one is just the straightforward, hey, should I sell my Corolla? Just sell it. Now, that's the thing. Whatever he buys has got to be a daily driver. So, and, and whatever he, if he sells it right this minute, whatever he gets for this 07 Corolla plus two or three grand, that's his whole budget. So, I mean, what's that car worth, Paul? I mean, four grand, maybe? It's worth a smile on your face when you launch it off a cliff, flaming. It, and... it might be. It might be. That's the frightening thing. You could sell tickets, actually. You could actually make some money back, sell tickets to come watch this event you know, when you kill your Corolla. I think that'd he, be awesome. He could have one of those things. He could have one of those things where uh, for 25 bucks, you can take a sledgehammer to my car. He might yes! if he promotes it right. Make more money having people sledgehammer their frustrations out on his car than he could selling it. I mean, and honestly, Alex, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you can get four grand for that car, but you're talking about an 07 Corolla that is, that is 160-something thousand miles. That's not going to be worth a whole lot. So I'm going to I'm just going to guess real quick. Let's and I I should look it up, but I, I'm going to guess you're going to get four grand on the high side. So you're dealing uh, with on the high maybe side. six grand. Yeah, maybe six grand worth worth of and probably legitimately five grand, four to five grand worth of actual budget if you sell it right now and go buy something else. That is a conundrum. I mean, you say looking at your potential budget, you found a couple of NA Miatas, NB Miatas an E36 Beamer, you're looking in your own area and you found these. And you've also found, no surprise, cheap RX-8s. I'm going to tell you right now, Alex, 
um, that is such a dice roll on reliability. Yes, I know somebody out there has a rotary RX-8, loves it, it runs perfectly. Congratulations, sir. We could find plenty of people that have had the exact opposite experience. This is unfortunately the reason that they're cheap, Alex. I would avoid those. But you're talking about the $5,000 car. Well, yeah. Here's what he's driven in the past. He's mentioned that he's driven some cars his father's own, which include a 2001 Mitsubishi Eclipse. Okay. All right. And 2008, somewhere in that range, a Mustang. And he said mm-hmm. that he wasn't uh, – he was fond of the Eclipse, but not so much of the Mustang. And I can see why. Yes, they've yeah. improved since then. There's been you know, now a couple generations since then. And um, – I can see that, but uh, his second idea here is to wait, and that way to save up some more cash. And I'm trying to, mm-hmm. I'm trying to glean from this. I'm trying to put some things together. Uh, Alex, are you trying to pay cash for whatever car you get next? Because you're suggesting mm, here yeah. saving up some more cash, then selling the Corolla, which would, would put you more towards a fifteen thousand dollar ish top end somewhere mm-hmm. in there. You're saying, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. sell 15, the appliance. Yeah. And then, you know, he's got this wild card, which has really caught my attention here, and that is... That's a surprise. He mentioned some friends Brett, of the family have a couple cars that are buried okay, I'm, I'm gonna stop. I'm going to stop you real quick. I'm going to stop you real quick. I'm going to give the audience a challenge. Paul is intrigued by this wild card card idea. Um, So you at the audience could play along at home. Maybe make it a drinking game. What brand do you think this wild card is related to? Okay, Paul, go on. Sorry. Uh, Funny, funny. All right. So what's intrigued me even more is they haven't moved since before he was born. Alex Mm -hmm. says he's 30. Friends with buried cars. They've been sitting around. These cars have been sitting a long time. Barn finds, garage finds kinds of cars. These are like the holy grail for anybody who is, you know, looking for, you know, fun, exotic, or, Mm -hmm. you know, anything. Mm -hmm. This, this, the barn find, garage find, it gives you shivers up and down your spine, especially when they happen to be red Porsche 911s, which is Mm -hmm. what he he says here. Family friends with a barn find parked for 30 years plus 911. Um, and they parked it because they were, quote, having electrical issues with it. Uh, so his que- so, 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 so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to review, I'm gonna review his, his options real quick, <laughs> just in case you're following along at home. Sell the Corolla, have five grand to spend, wait, buy something next year for between 10 and 15, or offer up these people a little bit of money for their barn find unused uh, 911 and try to get that running. These are three very different avenues, Alex, but I have thoughts on all three. Where are you, Paul? Well, um, because this is your only car, Alex, I thought, you know, your, your, um, your second option in here is about, you know, keeping, keeping the current car, keeping the Corolla, and then trying to get another car or a fun beater car or a project car or something like that. What I've seen about guys with project cars is that they tend to stay project cars for a decade or longer. I knew a guy (laughs) who had an Alfa Romeo, and he was painstakingly redoing everything. It took him over 10 years. Same thing with another Mm -hmm. guy, redoing his GTI, Track Monster. It was like, hey, how's the car coming along? Well, it's just it always gets shelved because of time. We've got so much Mm -hmm. other things going on in our lives. And I realize you're kind of – they're just money pits and that kind of thing. And if that's your only car – and all your money is going to that, you're going to start to have second thoughts. I mean, project cars are awesome. They're fun. Mm-hmm. Yes, all of that. But you need to have that 
in addition to a good car, not in addition to a Corolla. The whole idea is to get you out of that Corolla into something else. And so, therefore, I say don't get a second yeah. project car. Don't get a fun beater car. Get rid of the Corolla as soon as possible. I like what you're thinking about, you know, holding back, saving some money. And if that truly is paying cash, good on you because, yeah, obviously you'd be debt-free. But if you mm-hmm. can, get out of it sooner rather than later because I, I think it's starting to uh, to get to you, honestly. And just getting yeah, out of sounds that, like it. sounds like it's it. going to sort of free up and like, wow, you know, I should have gotten rid of that long ago. And, and you know, I know the Porsche is tempting, but, again, if that's a second generation, as you say, and if they're having electrical problems – guess where that Porsche is going to be moved to? Your garage. And then it's going to sit yeah, there absolutely. for 30 more years. Absolutely. I mean, here's, here's the thing. I want to speak to that wild card real quickly. And you've kind of gone where I, was expect, where I wasn't expecting, but where I, I believe as well. And that is, honestly, Alex, I think for your situation, the 911, while incredibly intriguing, is all wrong. And I say that yeah. because that car is going to need time, love, and most importantly, money. You're going to need to take this air-cooled 911, put it in your garage. Whoever it ends, ends up with this, put it in their garage. Just be willing to go, if it needs a part, I'm going to buy it. If it right. needs this, I'm going to give it time. And that's and not that's even not concourse your situation. condition. That's, that's just exactly. getting it running that's just to, to get drive. It, to get it run, to get it run properly so that you could take it out and enjoy right. this car. Right. Project cars are awesome if you have the time and the money. I don't get the impression that you really have either in this scenario. Certainly not the cash, and and and, that, and I say that just because I think if you have a project car, especially an older air cooled nine eleven, those are a worth far more than they should be right now. So if that owner is the least bit smart, you're not going to get that car for cheap. Then it's going to be no. hunting down parts and spending real time to get the right parts to get it running right. I think that has the potential to be serious financial engagement if you wanted to go that route. So while I think it's intriguing, I do think it's wrong for you. Your other two options. The problem with the sell Corolla now option, Alex, is you're talking about maybe on the high side seven grand, five to seven grand. I think you're probably more in the oh, five range. Oh, not even. I, I think you're three and well, four. It, sell it and adds his. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Corolla is going to Corolla is going to be worth much, and he's talking about being able to add two to three beyond that. So, he, I've said this before. I am always concerned for people buying the five thousand dollar car. I, I realize you can buy something for five grand and it will just run and it's great and I got this car for five grand and isn't it awesome? And along those lines, a guy named Chad, who we've actually talked about before on the podcast, just sent us a follow-up email. He bought a NA Miata for $2,500. It runs. He's thrilled. And I, I got to be honest, the pictures look great. But it's not his primary car. But that's a rare thing find, is, too. That's, that, that's not... You're, you're exactly right. You're that's exactly hard right. to this do. Honestly. This is the $5,000 car problem. What, what I generally say about it to people, and we've talked about this before, is if you buy a car for five grand, be prepared to put 2500 to five grand into it probably in your first year. Oh, easy. So, yeah. you know, you, you may find an exception to that rule. You may find one that's just a fine and it's awesome and it's great and everything works. Good on you. But just be prepared. That's not a $5,000 drive it away and forget that, that you had to spend money on it car. It's five grand for a reason. Be prepared. So I think that's a concern. And since we're already up to look, we're already up to September. Okay, you're about to. We're about to go into winter when fun driving is less likely. When your car is going to be more likely to be beat on by the weather. I think all of these things are lining up for me to tell you, Alex. Wait. I don't want you to be in the Corolla. I want you out of it. Yeah. But wait until spring. Wait until spring. Have about ten grand to work with. You can be looking at nicer Miatas. You can be looking at maybe if you go as high as fifteen, you could get yourself an S two thousand. These are rear wheel drive fun cars you will enjoy. 
If you have to go and sell it now, my first recommendation for you is 300ZX, Nissan 300ZX, the Z32 from the early 90s, like the one I had. Get an NA, don't get a turbo, it'll be too expensive to maintain and very hard to work on. Or an old 240SX, if you could find one of those that's pristine. Those are probably in the five grand range. I still think you're going to put money in them. They're still going to, yeah. to get out now. They're still going to yeah, be. You have to get out now. Bit of a money pit. That's where to go. But I say wait. I know it's hard. I don't want you to wait. But I think wait till spring. Spend ten to fifteen. Get a better car. Alex, I I concur. What uh, Todd has inadvertently done is tee this conversation up so you can introduce me to your family friends and see if they want to sell me the red Porsche second generation 911. And I could deal with it. Just kidding. No, I, I want something that so, runs so, and drives. So I don't this wanna... becomes. <laughs> so what you're saying is this becomes a single host show because if anybody wonders where Paul is, he's in his garage tinkering on the like, dang 911. I don't have time. Yeah. I'm working on my 911, pouring money and time Seriously. into my new 911. Seriously, unbelievable. Arm, Paul has vanished into his load. garage. No, I, over a 911. I, I'm with you, but I, I want you to get out of that. But I, again, I, I'm not sure whether you're open to some financing because if you can get out of that Corolla sooner rather than later, oh, sure. again, if you hang on to the car and keep driving, it's going to be even worth less next year at this time. Even less. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. plummeting yeah, it's at this driving. point. Just, okay, whatever. You're just taking it as a loss at this point. But if you can... I. I started with a 15,000, just a kind of a top end. I do have a couple wild cards mm -hmm, for you just mm -hmm. to get you thinking, you know, just kind of, yeah, okay. just what get you got? thinking. I'm going to rush through my list so I can get to the wild cards. And this is all for the purpose of getting rid of the Corolla. I do like your Mazda <laughs> RX-8 idea. And um, I promise they're not paying me, but this website, I one of my buried websites on the internet. You and your finds. Yeah. You and your website this finds. Is, it's uh, craziness. This is, I've mentioned this before, actually. It's Rayco Euro out in Pennsylvania, and I promise they're not paying me a dime. I just like browsing, you know, what they've got. They've got clean cars. I found mm -hmm. an 09 mm -hmm. RX-8 for $14,900 with 49,000 miles. Uh, it looks beautiful. And I thought, all right, yeah, well, sounds gorgeous. if you're really wanting that, that could be a great find. Of course, yeah. Impreza WRX from 08, possibly an S2000, possibly an FRS by next year at this time. It, it might, you know, someone might be around 15-ish maybe, maybe. grand. Yeah, they might be able to get one, yeah. Um, you know, if you hang on to it for a year. Uh, of course, 2010 GTI, Mini Coopers, Veloster, and now the wild card, of okay. which Braco Euro okay. also has two of these, or uh -oh. one each, and they're Porsches, because if you're sniffing around Porsches at all... Check this out. A 99, the 996 generation, 911 coupe, just the regular, mm -hmm. not the S. They have one for 19,900. I'll bet you could get it for 19. Wow. We've got a wow. 911. A Holy mm -hmm. cow. They've mm -hmm. also got an 03 Boxster, which could be interesting for a bit less. It's like pushing 18,000, but I thought, wow. I, I mean, like that more for Alex, but I, but I hear I you. The 911 is quite a find. I'll give you kudos there. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, again, we we put that in the class of, you know, if you're just into cars, it'd be a great sports car. If you're a Porsche mm -hmm. file, sort of like me, I guess. But if you're really into that, there are other sort of, models yeah, you of. would aspire to. But it's a fantastic car. And for that price, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. great sports car. it's going to yeah. run. It's going to be a lot of power. It's going to be an enormous change from Corolla to that. I, I mean, your friends are going to think you're I, a drug dealer. And 
<laughs> I honestly think that might be too much car for Alex to jump into. Well, I mean, I feel like the is. S2000 Boxster range, I feel like that's the sweet spot of getting him into something. But let's be honest, is still far more car than you can probably fathom right now, Alex, without sure. being nuts. I mean, the, that 996-911 would, would feel like a rocket ship compared to your back history. <laughs> Um, so, and, and I mean, very, very fun. feels like a great sports car. We could talk 911 minutia, but you could, should watch our 50 years of 911 film for that. That, but, but I actually think that that's a great find, but it feels like too much car. It is. I mean, shoot, my air compressor is a rocket ship compared to a Corolla, but, uh, you know, well, you know, this is true. Anyway, this is true. Um, well, yeah, hopefully that's helpful, Alex. And, um, yeah, obviously I've got a story about another. But, uh, I've got a story about another 07 Toyota Corolla for you. Same you do. <laughs> yeah. He has, yeah, also do, has huh? an 07 Corolla. Isn't that exciting? Wow. Yeah. Uh, so Sam, Tell me. Sam lives in Dallas, and he, yeah, exactly. Tell me about he, Sam. His wife. Oh, yay. <laughs> yay. He and his wife have more Corollas for everyone. No, 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 let's not do that. Uh, so he has a, they have a Toyota Corolla that ends up being their primary family car. So hello to you, Sam. He's got a wife, two kids, three and five. Guess what? Next year, they'll be four and six. I can do math. Uh, I'm in a weird mood tonight. Moving on. <laughs> Don't but, make but anyway. me laugh when I'm drinking. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, you're drinking, Ooh, too. Yeah. Fantastic. It's only okay. water, so, but still. Anyway. So they need a new car for his wife. She currently drives a 4Runner, okay, an 05 Toyota 4Runner. And they really, I mean, it's a Toyota 4Runner. It, it just runs. It just keeps running, will keep running. They've got two Toyotas in the family. He wants to get rid of the Corolla, which has been kind of the primary family car for gas mileage and those kind of things. But sometime in the next 6 to 12 months, I mean, they're going to look carefully. They want to get a different car for her, get out of that big, thirsty V8 uh, 4Runner, even though it's been a great car. And he... Well, I'm a, you know what? I gotta admit, I'm a little confused by this email because they talk about replacing his wife's car, which is the Forerunner, and then he talks about how much he despises the Corolla. So there's a part of me that feels like he's dumping both cars. But Wait, it, uh, it's, well, he it's says set he's up as if the, we're getting rid of the Forerunner. Well, he says he's keeping the Forerunner. He's got a speedboat. Oh, you're right. And no, you're right. Like that becomes the tow car. That. You're right. You're right. Sorry, you're right. Uh, I misread. So I'm a yep. little confused too. So you're keeping that, but then. Does she not have a car? So you're adding this? Oh, no. No. Well, obviously, Corolla's going the Corolla, away. Dump the Corolla and push the Toyota into tow duty. That makes more sense. That, okay. You're right. I misread it. That makes more sense. So okay. Corolla, instead of becoming like the all-purpose family car because the 4Runner is too gas-thirsty, they'll make that the tow vehicle, which, okay, great. It keeps running. Why not? And then get rid of the Corolla and get a new ga- uh, get a new family car. They don't. Uh, they've got a lot of list of requirements here because uh, his wife does not want to learn to drive stick. So okay, so we're automatic. That's fine. Uh, sports sedan is their preference. Four seats, rear air conditioning, uh, family car, leather interior. You know they aren't obsessed with options, but these are their their main ones. So they're kind of looking for the family sports sedan. So this is an interesting thing and a long way away from hey we have a Corolla. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you don't have to give us reasons as to why you need to get rid of the Corolla. I mean, it's just Agreed. sort of, yeah. oh, gonna, you own a Corolla? Gonna, back your Obviously, you're going to get rid of it, right? I, we mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. Um, of, I, I, It's rare that I have the wild card, and it's rare that I have the car that I think that he should buy. But Oh, really? Sam, okay. I'm about to sell you a car here, buddy. Um, Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. buckle okay. your seatbelt, Dorothy, because uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I've got your car. And I, it hit me. I, I started okay. going through my all list. Right. I thought, you know, all right, some of the usual suspects. I typed those in and I'm like, okay. And then it hit me. 
you're, you're okay. naming some hard to find things. It's got to have leather interior. I'm quite intrigued. It's got to have more, intrigued. you know, firmer sports suspension. He'd, he'd rather put the money into, you know, options like, you know, good mm-hmm. driving car rather than a lot of bells yeah, and whistles. Yeah. With and the exception, twenty grand to spend. Twenty grand yeah. to spend. So the exceptions here are auto auto dimming mirror, backup cameras and parking sensors, keyless entry and remote start. He wants to buy a car with less than fifty thousand miles for less than twenty k. Uh huh. That's where it gets tough. I'm very curious. You, I, you I, think you've got both a wild card and a sniper shot rolled up in I, one? I, I am think fascinated I do. to hear that. And okay. it even has rear air conditioning vents. Are you ready? I, I I I may just close the podcast as soon as you're done here. <laughs> Let's hear it. Go. Here we go. It is the 2013 Volkswagen CC Sport. This is a very stylish car, Sam. It's got 28,000 miles on AutoTrader here. It's turbocharged. Okay. You're used to turbocharging, turbocharging based on your long, very varied list of prior owned vehicles here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got the two-liter turbo they put in everything. It has the six-speed DSG transmission, which we like, and it fits the need mm-hmm. for both automatic, but it's still fun. It's only okay. 20K, 22 slash 31 miles to gallon, 31 on the highway. It's got VTEC's leatherette, remote entry backup camera. It has the parking sensors. And as I said before, the rear air conditioning vents. This car was ranked number 17 in 2013 upscale midsize cars by U.S. News rankings and reviews. It has premium Number 17? Materials. Number 17, for whatever I'm sorry, that means. 17 seems low. What are, what are the what are the top sixteen? I mean, anyway, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to rain on your parade, but I'm thinking know. I don't think what number seventeen is here. a selling point. But anyway, go on. Well, um, the rest of it, look. the rest of it. Hey, I think you've 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 pulled something fantastic out of the air. It I got an overall score of seven point seven. Uh, I've we've not driven it on camera. We have driven it, but mm-hmm, most mm-hmm. journalists have liked it for good cornering grip, good weighted steering. It's got a blend of sportiness. It's got the automatic. It's 20K. This car that I found, again, only 28,000 miles in white. Looks gorgeous. Yeah. Sporty. I mean, not, look, let's acknowledge, let's acknowledge, Sam, this is not a sports car. This is not a sports car. No, that's, that's, but it would, but it's, but it's going to feel like a totally different revolutionary class of vehicle to your Toyota Corolla. So it isn't going to be full-on sports sedan, but you know what? It does. You're doing a fantastic job of checking off these very specific boxes. I, kudos to you there. I have I have a couple that I don't think are do it as well, but are a little more enthusiast. But I I really like where you are though. All right. Well, good. I I mean the only knock against this here in this report here was limited back seat headroom, and I thought, well, your kids are three and five, and next year four and six. Exactly. They're no not going to be full-grown adults. No problem. Within. Done. Ten done years and done. Yep. So yep, you're absolutely right. I think there, you're fine. That, that's a non. That's a non-issue here. I totally agree with you there. All right. Well, so where are you at? Okay. I'm curious. Well, I had two. I had two that I think you can get for this. And I will be honest. I did not have the time before we got on the podcast. Not had the time to comb the internet to confirm if these have everything you're looking for on all the boxes. <laughs> You've done a great job on all the boxes, Paul. So kudos. I reached the There's end of the two internet. Here, and though. Now I have to go back. That, Exactly. Turn around or go outside. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so anyway, but I've got I've got two that I think check most of the boxes. You'll have to confirm if they check them all. One is get a Pontiac G8. Ooh, that's a fast uh, car. You're 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 not gonna pull off the GXP big boy for twenty grand. I, I no. doubt it. I doubt it. But... Maybe, but 
But the V6s are still right around 300 horsepower. I mean, they're yeah. not nothing. Yeah. And and that's going to feel like a rocket ship and an incredibly agile, good sports sedan compared to your Corollas. I think you've got to look up Pontiac G8. I think that's an interesting one. Another one. And I'm staying away from German stuff. I mean, you're 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 rolling the dice a bit with your with your CC recommendation. Possibly. I have to check Consumer Reports, but to, to see what the reliability has been. It doesn't mean it's bad, but just be aware of that. But the other yeah. one I threw out is the Infiniti G sedan. Mm, yeah. You know, because yeah. rear wheel drive that is a very luxurious car in feel. It's going to be. I mean, it's going to be a Bentley compared to your Corolla. Let's be honest. <laughs> and you could get. You know, exactly. the only problem I ever had with those late-year Infiniti G sedans is I never felt like they had enough legroom for me. But back to your comment about the, the age of these kids, done, fine. I mean, the, the, so the front seats are a little bit bulky for the backseat passengers, but not when they're five. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, I mean, yeah. Infiniti G sedan, nice leather, good interior, interesting car, gets forgotten a lot, good engine, surprisingly agile. I think that is a worthwhile one to look into as well. I had that on there. I was going Acura TL from 2010, 2011, 2010, the G37, as you said. I even thought, all right, what about a Volvo S60 from 2012? I was thinking like eh, a little bit bigger, that Genesis sedan from Hyundai. It's not really sporty, but it could be a nice family road trip car. And then the CC Mm -hmm. hit me like a brick in the head. I see see how you got there. I do. I I genuinely see that. But... um, yeah, we've had some good good options. Hopefully something here has struck you, Sam, and uh, and please let us know where you end up. And hopefully that gets us out of Corollas, gets you guys out of Corollas. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. If you have not rated it yet, please do so. A lot of you have done that as we've called it out, so thank yeah, you for that. And when you rate it, I, I, I promise you, it's, it's the direct correlation. When you rate it, it lifts it up in both the most uh, listened to episodes of Automotive, but also just the most listened to and most followed podcasts. So please both rate it and review it. You can do that on iTunes. You can also do it on Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can give a rating. So please do that. Thank you to all of you that have, and thank you for listening. You just said a direct correlation, correlation. Uh, seriously, uh, put put the water down. It's, 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 we're, we're done. We're done. Okay, let's, let's, let's stop it. Okay? That was good. I thought that was intended. I thought, wow, he's really on no, tonight. This no, I'm great. not. No, I'm not. Uh, yeah, that's, you're, that's you're, pretty well, awesome. You're you're, in, you're even more in the weeds than normal. All right. Well, I am. You know, so if you have a Corolla boo boo or you need the anti Corolla itch cream that we can ship to you, please let us Perfect. know. Everyday Driver TV at gmail That's where we're doing the car debates, and hopefully, uh, you're enjoying yourself as todd said please rate and review and guys i still have stacks of dvds actually they're they're dwindling these uh the mid engines and mountains stack yes and the uh the 9-11 film so if you have not seen that film i would love to ship that to you please find that on amazon or you can rent it on uh on vimeo as well so search for that we've had a lot of vimeo uh, rentals of late and if you if you watched it on vimeo i want to say that if you had if you watched it on vimeo Hey, you can rate those films there. Give your comments. We'd love to see your ratings there because just like the iTunes thing, if you rate and review there, yeah. it actually helps other people find those films on Vimeo. So if you've done that, even if you did it a while ago, go back and rate those films because we love reading those comments and it does help other people. That's a great – I hadn't even thought about that until you brought it up. Awesome. Thanks, guys, for listening. Look at that. Holy cow. We're at 40 minutes. Awesome. We're, we're, it's our new normal. We're, we're moving here.